Holy Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. We thank you for giving us the privilege of life. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, we ask that you would make us vessels by which your will will be done on this earth. We ask, Father, that the promise of the Holy Spirit that you have granted to us shall be fulfilled in our lives. Especially, Lord, we pray that you would put your words in my mouth, that by your Spirit words will be spoken, words of life, words of truth, that will shed light on our pathway and that will edify and build us up to be into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grant us understanding of your word and help us, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth. Put on in our hearts impressions that will direct us to do the things that you want us to do and give us strength above all things to put into practice all that we learn. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, April 9 The Most Satanic Trait Wrath is cruel and anger is outrageous. But who is able to stand before envy? Proverbs chapter 27 verse 4 Their Miriam's and Aaron's accusations were borne by Moses in uncomplaining silence. It was the experience gained during the years of toil and waiting in Midian. The spirit of humility and long-suffering there developed that prepared Moses to meet with patience the unbelief and murmuring of the people and the pride and envy of those who should have been his unswerving helpers. Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth, and this is why he was granted divine wisdom and guidance above all others. Says the scripture, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. Psalm 25 verse 9 The meek are guided by the Lord because they are teachable, willing to be instructed. And Jehovah came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. The cloud disappeared from the tabernacle in token of God's displeasure, and Miriam was smitten. She became leprous, white as snow. Now their pride humbled in the dust. Aaron confessed their sin and entreated that his sister might not be left to perish by that loathsome and deadly scourge. In answer to the prayers of Moses, the leprosy was cleansed. Miriam was, however, shut out of the camp for seven days. The manifestation of the Lord's displeasure was designed to be a warning to all Israel, to check the growing spirit of discontent and insubordination. If Miriam's envy and dissatisfaction had not been signally rebuked, it would have resulted in great evil. Envy is one of the most satanic traits that can exist in the human heart, and it is one of the most baleful in its effects. It was envy that first caused discord in heaven, 
and its indulgence has wrought untold evil among men. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. James chapter 3 verse 16. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Most Satanic Trait. And we will continue to look at the issue between Moses and his siblings, Miriam and Aaron. As we saw in our previous devotion, Moses was confronted by Miriam and Aaron. Especially was uh, Miriam the one who raised it up, but Aaron still cherished some kind of self-exaltation in his heart. And instead of checking the evil that Miriam was about to do in confronting Moses, he encouraged it, which was a betrayal again on Aaron's part because he was also having jealousy in his heart. And they both confronting Moses, Moses meekly bore their confrontation. But the Lord intervened in the matter. But when we look at what they did, we will understand that they misunderstood the nature of the work that Moses was doing. For a person who really understands the nature of Moses' work, they would understand that there was nothing to covet in Moses' work. Only those who do not understand the weighty responsibility of Moses as a leader or of a minister in general looks at the work as a glorifying responsibility. Yes, it is a privilege to do the work, but not when you want to get the praise of men. It is a solemn and fearful responsibility that one is to enter into with meekness, self-distrust and holy fear. If one really knows the challenges and duties of a minister, especially of that of a caliber like that of Moses, uh, as a leader as he was, it, will, it wouldn't be something that one envies as a place to ascribe glory to oneself. Miriam and Aaron did not understand this. They thought it was something to covet. If Miriam and Aaron, or especially Aaron, wanted to really do this work the way the Lord wanted them to do it, it is something you will run away from. It is not something to go in there and feel like, oh, I love this responsibility. It was not an easy work. But Aaron was going to use that office to ascribe glory to himself. He was going to use that office to be the woke leader, the people's person, the populist uh, leader. And that's why it's something that they will be converting. But if you really want to do the work of the Lord, go and see how the Lord charges his prophets to do his work faithfully and tells them that they should not forbear and they shouldn't look at the face of people. People like Jeremiah were locked up in a dungeon. Many of them were killed. If you are faithfully doing the work of God, if you really want to do it, it is not something that you grab as if it's a boon because there are dangers in the work. There is glory in it, yes. But that glory is in heaven. But if it is on this earth, oh my, the Lord said, Woe unto you when men speak well of you. For so did they speak of the false prophets. But then they persecuted the true prophets of God. So that is not a walk that one will jump into and feel like you are going to enjoy yourself. Moses was not enjoying it because of the complaints and attacks he was getting from the people. Moses before had shown he had a different spirit. He wanted much more leaders and wished everyone was prophesying like him, having the same gift as himself. If this happened, then what made him outstanding wouldn't be there anymore. 
Moses didn't care about this. He was not interested in self-glorification. He wished everyone had equal access to God as he did and wished that they could taste of his glory as he also was tasting of it. He displayed this during the incident of the rebellion and when those when the Lord took the spirit from him and put it on those 70 elders. In Numbers 11 verse 25 it says, And the Lord came down in a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of them in two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other Midad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man and told Moses, and said, Eldad and Midad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Enviest thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Wow, here we see that Moses was not coveting the office of a prophet to himself or the leadership role. Left for him, he wished that everybody would be a prophet like himself. But this was not the spirit of Aaron and Miriam. Their offense against Moses was that Moses was taking decisions like putting more new leaders and bringing more people to their own their own uh, position. They wished to be the only ones in that position. So they now wanted to elevate themselves to be in Moses' position because now there are 70 elders. And these 70 elders, who are they? They are now prophesying. They are also in charge of the people. They are now controlling the people. And before, when Jethro came to give Moses advice on how the, the judging of the children of Israel should be, that he should appoint judges to uh, uh, deal with bigger matters and smaller matters they didn't like that too because it seems that the power was being shared that is the issue Miriam and Aaron did not want power to be shared they wanted power to be on their, on their hands they were power grabbing and they wouldn't want the people to have the power but Moses wanted the people to have the power take care of yourselves have access to God for yourself pray for yourself receive messages from God prophesy by yourselves come up higher was Moses wish for the people that they would just be like him but not so with Miriam and Aaron which was this which was what led to the envy and confrontation of Moses reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 383, paragraph 1, it says, Moses felt the importance of the great work committed to him as no other man had ever felt it. He realized his own weaknesses and he made God his counselor. Aaron esteemed himself more highly and trusted less in God. He had failed when entrusted with responsibility, giving evidence of the weakness of his character by his base compliance in the matter of the idolatrous worship at Sinai. But Miriam and Aaron, blinded by jealousy and ambition, you see, power grabbing, lost sight of this. Aaron had been highly honored of God in the appointment of his family to the sacred office of the priesthood. Yet, even this now added to the desire for self-exaltation. And this was what led them to say, had the Lord spoken by only by Moses, hath he not spoken also by us? Regarding themselves as equally favored by God, they felt that they were entitled to the same position and authority. You see, what we, we notice in the life of Miriam and Aaron or in this incident is 
that power grabbing wanting to be the only one in authority and no other person should be there we don't want to hear other people preach you don't want to hear other people prophesy we don't want to hear other people control the people we want to be the one completely in control this is a spirit that pride has ambition has envy then shows itself when or there's someone else who seems to also be in the same position as yourself you want to bring the person down and want to be the only one in charge we see this spirit manifested in various ways today but it's not just today we saw it manifested on jesus we saw it manifested on john the baptist and the true prophets of god today we see the same thing happen to them the true ministers of god today we see the same thing happen to them okay let's look at the book of john chapter 1 reading from verse 19 to 28 this is concerning the story of john the baptist john the baptist was no no uh uh, Pharisee. He was not the leader. He was not the head of any synagogue. But he was doing a work that nobody appointed him to do. Nobody ordinate, ordained him to do it. He was preaching. Preaching in the wilderness. And there were leaders who were supposed to be like Moses now. The leaders of the synagogues. The priests and the high priest and the rest of them. And there was this man who sent him to do this work. Look at, looking at it now, let's see how they treated John the Baptist. John 1 reading from verse 19 says, And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. And art thou the prophet? And he said, No. And he answered, No. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Elias. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees, and they asked him, and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not the Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you, whom you know not. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethbara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. You see, the envy of the Pharisees. They did not want any other person having power like themselves. And they sent people to ask, ask John, who gave you this authority? If you are not the Messiah, if you are not the prophet who we hear that is supposed to come, then why are you baptizing people? Who gave you the authority to baptize people? The same spirit is manifested today. It was manifested against Jesus too. When we look at the book of Matthew, I'll say Matthew, reading chapter 21, verse 23, it says, And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And he gave, and who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing which if you tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did you not believe in him? And of course, the rest of the story, they didn't tell him, give him any answer. But the point here is you see this power-grabbing attitude of the Pharisees who did not want to any other person. They didn't care about the work being done. That's not what they were interested in. 
they were not interested that the work was being done that is the work of god the message jesus was giving their interest was not whether it was in harmony with the word of god they're not asking that question they're not asking are you leading people to christ no they didn't care whether people were being led closer to god they didn't care whether he was encouraging the people to live a better life that's not their business their business is this man has more influence he is getting more influence than ourselves and we don't like it we have to stop him and also john the beloved manifested this spirit and what did jesus say to him reading mark chapter 9 from verse 38 and john answered him saying master we saw one casting out devils in thy name and he followeth not us and we forbade him because he followeth not us but jesus said forbid him not for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me for he that is not against us is on our part for whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to christ verily i say unto you he shall not lose his reward amen this is that spirit of moses he was not worried over other people who were doing his work and he heard that midad and eldad were prophesying in the camp moses said let them carry on the same thing jesus now john came to report to him that there are other people i saw someone else who was casting out devils in your name i stopped him and that was what joshua was saying let us stop him because joshua was envying for moses sake same thing john was envying for both his sake and for Jesus' sake and jesus said don't stop him he's doing the work of god the pharisees were not like this Miriam and Aaron were not like this. They were envying. You know, that was the question Moses asked uh, Joshua. Envious thou for my sake? The people are doing the work of God. Why stop them? Jesus said the same thing. It doesn't matter whether they are part of us, that is, the 12 disciples, or not. As far as they are doing the work of God, don't stop them. But Miriam and Aaron would have felt slighted. They felt that people were doing their work. You go to churches today and you see people doing the same thing. Oh, they give somebody a particular position, maybe the song leader, and then maybe somebody else takes the mic and does the work of doing the song leading, and the person is doing it well. And then the other person who was ordained for the position will feel, why is this person taking my position? And start to envy and feel bad. It's, but if you have the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of Moses, you will not feel that way. People want to hold on to offices and feel like this is my office. No other person is to execute this work. They, are, they don't care whether the work is being done well or not. What they want is their own personal glory. They feel slighted that somebody else is doing what they consider to be their work. And this is what Miriam and Aaron were feeling. They felt slighted and offended that Moses ordained 70 other people to do their work. It didn't matter to them whether the work was being done well or not. It doesn't matter to them whether they are actually winning people to Christ and glory is going to God. Mm -mm. what they cared is this is my work and i don't want another person taking my glory i don't want anybody taking my office is this the spirit of christ certainly not we learn from moses that it doesn't matter let more people prophesy do you understand the kind of humility that is it is a trying position as humans we are more inclined to want to power grab we are more inclined to want to hold on to offices and make it our identity so that when we see other people seeming like they are trying to do the same work we look at them as competitors and that's what Miriam and Aaron were doing they were looking at these 70 elders as competitors and who is the one that put them there you Moses why did you do that and they came and were confronting him questioning him and saying even trying to look at his life and asking you are not holier than us we are in the same position as yourself you, you, your life is not even any better than ours we are just as holy as you are and uh, today we need to see the same attitude envy 
is what is killing many leaders today so that when they see the laity doing the work they get offended and try to find problems with them instead of them to try to support there are people who have their personal ministries like we saw now with this man that uh, john reported to jesus he's a man who was doing his own personal ministry he didn't get ordained by jesus christ or by anybody even jesus himself was not credited by the leaders he was doing his work and the people were offended the pharisees the leaders the, the, the chief priests they were offended with jesus because it seemed he had more influence than them but they were not they were, they were not concerned about him bringing glory to god let us look at john the baptist john the baptist had influence and when jesus came most of the influence went to went to jesus and john the baptist was happy he said he shall increase while i decrease this my joy is fulfilled jonathan the friend of david the son of king saul who was supposed to be the next king when david came and he saw that david was a better person than himself as far as doing the work of a king is and the people loved david Jonathan was not feeling slighted by any means. He himself was so happy that there was someone like David who would bring glory to God the way he was doing and he himself gave his own office to David and was happy for David to be the next king instead of himself. Think about that for a while. Here is a position of glory which was supposed to be for Jonathan. Jonathan did not care. He preferred David to take that position. He was not coveting it. He was not power grabbing. He brought himself lower. Even though he was older than David, he was ready to be one who would serve David. Because of how much David was doing for the Lord, he was happy. Ministers today, are you like Jonathan? Leaders in the church, are you like Jonathan? Are you like Moses who wants everybody to prophesy? Would you want everybody to be just singing songs as well as you do? Or you want to be the only one who can sing well so that you'll be getting glory? If everybody was singing well, would you be happy? Would you want everybody to preach as well as you do? Like Moses wanted everybody in the camp to preach? Or are you like Miriam and Aaron who wants to be the only one and get a kick out of doing your work and don't want anybody to do it? Today, we see in denominations and churches, oh, when you start to do the work of the, of uh, another person, especially in the ministry, the pastoring work, you see, oh, the, the pastors will gather. They want to come against those people. They feel, oh, these people are taking our position. They don't care. They don't check the message and feel like, oh, these people are doing a great work and they are preaching the word of God and they are winning souls to Christ. They are calling the people back to God. That's not their business. They are not checking the message. They are just trying to find fault one day and the moment they find fault in the person, oh, let's disfellowship. Let us turn, let us turn them away from the church. Let us, let us attack them. Why? Because they are having more influence than us. And even I'll go further. Some of them, I'm not saying all of them, some, it is out of the covetousness for wanting to feel that, oh, these people have more influence than ourselves. And they are wondering, I hope they're not collecting our money. And that's what many of them have in mind. They are just hoping, oh, I hope these people are not taking the, our money. I hope that's all they care about. Okay, if you are doing your work, make sure you, make sure you send the money to us. We need to be converted people. We need to be converted. This is a selfish, envious, satanic spirit. One of the most satanic traits like we read in our devotion is envy. And it reveals itself in all these things that we saw the Pharisees do and what Miriam and Aaron did. Power grabbing, not wanting others to take the so-called position. Instead of looking at what the people are doing and asking, are they doing the work of the Lord? If they are doing it, what are you supposed to do? Support them pray for them be happy just as moses was supporting those 70 prophets let the whole congregation prophesy oh he will be happy and they all will be on the same they will be 
more Moses's. If every of the congregation of Israel was like Moses, Moses would be happy. He's not going to be feeling like, oh, they've taken my position. Like Joshua was asking, won't you stop them? Moses said, envious thou for my sake? I wish that the whole congregation of Israel were prophesying. Pastors, will you say the same thing today? Do you wish that the whole members in your church were prophesying? Or would you feel slighted if you feel that there's another member who preaches better than you or just like yourself? Would you start fighting pastors versus pastor? Feeling like, oh, I'll throw this one to one village so that nobody will know him. I'll use my power to do evil to him. Why? Because I don't want competition. I want to be the one who is the major pastor. And Moses and Aaron were like that. If they had the power, they would take these people down so that they would not be preaching and prophesying. Why? Because they didn't want competition. They felt they were in the competition. We need to have the spirit of Moses, that spirit that was in Jonathan, that spirit that was in John the Baptist, and that was in Jesus Christ, that will be happy to see people doing the work and will support them instead of looking at them with disdain and envy and feeling like they are taking our position. Councils for the Church, page 175, paragraph 5 says, The envious man shuts his eyes to the good qualities and noble deeds of others. He is always ready to disparage and misrepresent that which is excellent. Men often confess and forsake other faults, but there is little to be hoped for from the envious man, since to envy a person is to admit that he is a superior. Pride will not permit any concession. If an attempt be made to convince the envious person of his sin, he becomes even more bitter against the object of his passion and too often he remains incurable. The envious man diffuses poison everywhere, the diffuses poison wherever he goes, alienating friends and stirring up hatred and rebellion against God and man. He seeks to be thought best and greatest, not by putting forth heroic, self-denying efforts to reach the goal of excellence himself, but by standing where he is and diminishing the merit due to the efforts of others." End of quote. You see, this is what Aaron and Miriam were doing, diminishing Moses' influence to raise themselves up. Sometimes we do the same thing by dwelling on apparent defects in people's lives so that we can magnify it to make the person look bad while making ourselves look good, especially is this the case among people who are competing with each other when it comes to the religious competition when maybe there's a personal ministry somewhere that is doing the work of God and doing it well. Like I said earlier, instead of the leaders like Moses, like Aaron and Miriam to support such a work, or like John, the beloved as the disciple of Jesus who came to report to Jesus and say, we stopped somebody that we saw doing the work. Jesus said, don't do that. Instead of them to support, Jesus said, support, there's nobody who's going to speak against me if they are doing my work. But what do people do today? They speak against them. That's what the envious heart does. It, 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 instead of uh, seeing the good things, rather, it doesn't see good qualities. It never sees good qualities. They close their eyes to the good qualities. Close their eyes to the good work. Close their eyes to the message that is being preached. They close their eyes to the work and see that, oh, people are being led to Christ. And what they want to see is one fault somewhere. As if in their own life there is no fault. As if in their own life they don't also make mistakes, then they want to magnify the mistakes made by others and made, made, they call them red flag. Oh, they tell the members, beware of this person, beware of that person. For what reason? 
they won't give any reason or they will misrepresent and bring out falsehoods and say oh they are preaching this message that is false or oh, they are alarmists or oh, they are fanatics or oh, they are extremists they will just find one thing or the other but we need to have the spirit of christ brothers and sisters because whoever is with christ one with christ is majority you can't come against anybody who is really doing the work of god it's not possible because god will sustain god will help but to those who are really doing the work of god whether among the laity ordained or not ordained like the 70 elders who moses ordained uh, or was select whose moses select selected but aaron and miriam were offended with that like that man who was casting out devils in jesus name but john rebuked him to such people hear this message from god review and herald january 28 1875 paragraph 3 we are told the work of satan will be carried on through agents ministers who hate the law of god will employ any means to lead souls from their loyalty our bitterest foes will be among this class of persons their hearts are fully determined to make war against those who keep the commandments of god and have the faith of jesus this class feel that it is a virtue to talk to write and act out the most bitter hatred against us we need not look for fair dealing or for justice at their hands many of them are inspired by satan with insane madness against those who are keeping the commandments of god we will be maligned and misrepresented all our motives and actions will be misjudged and our characters will be attacked the wrath of the dragon will be manifested in this manner but i saw that we should not be in the least discouraged our strength is in jesus our advocate if we in humility and humble trust hold fast to god he will give us grace and heavenly wisdom to withstand all the wiles of satan and to come off victors amen it will not increase our influence or bring us into favor with god to come down from our great work to their level in meeting their slanders there are those who will resort to any species of deception and gross falsehood to gain their object and deceive souls and to cast stigma upon the law of god and those who are who love to obey his commandments they will repeat the most inconsistent and vile falsehoods over and over until they make themselves believe that they are truth these are the strongest arguments they have to use against the sabbath of the fourth commandment we should not allow our feelings to control us and divert us from the work of warning the world end of quote so it's an encouragement to us but then again what do you do about these things like in the case of aaron and miriam coming to confront moses what do we do how do we deal with it how do we deal with envy when we see it being manifested we read in conflict and courage page 105 paragraph 2 moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth and this is why he was granted divine wisdom and guidance above all others says the scripture the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way psalms 25 verse 9 the meek are guided by the lord because they are teachable and willing to be instructed this is the foundation of dealing with envy be meek be teachable and willing to be instructed what else we read in manuscript releases volume 19 page 345 paragraph 1 and 2 we are told we must not ever keep before us the feeling that we are slighted 
The very fact that we suspect evil will go a long way towards creating that evil which we allowed ourselves to suspect. This we can say for Miriam and Aaron. They were suspecting evil of Moses and that which they were suspecting in their mind they created. Continuing the reading now, our feelings will sometimes be deeply hurt, our temper sadly tried, but the sooner we shall forget the cause of this disturbance, the better will it be for us and all connected with us. A lying tongue will stir us to make some sharp trusts, but it is only for a moment that lies will have force. If we treat these falsehoods as they deserve, that is, with neglect, others will soon see there is no foundation for them. We are to leave our reputation with God. Slander may be lived down but can never be talked down. Again, reading from Manuscript 24, 1887, or we can see it in Bible Commentary, Volume 3, page 1160, paragraph 9. We are told, slander can be lived down by our manner of living. It is not lived down by words of indignation. Let our great anxiety be to act in the fear of God and show by our conduct that these reports are false. No one can injure our character as much as ourselves. It is the weak trees and the tottering houses that need to be constantly propped. When we show ourselves so anxious to protect our reputation against attacks from the outside, we give the impression that it is not blameless before God and that it needs therefore to be continually bolstered up. We we must give others an example of not stopping at every trifling offense in order to vindicate our rights. We may expect that false reports will circulate about us, but if we follow a straight course, if we remain indifferent to these things, others will also be indifferent. Let us leave to God the care of our reputation, and thus, like sons and daughters of God, we shall show that we have self-control. We shall show that we are led by the Spirit of God and that we are slow to anger. Amen. So what do we learn from these things I have just read? If you are a, a receptive, you are one who is receiving, if you are on the receiving side of envy, we have learned now, like Moses, Moses received it in silence. He didn't even say anything. And we are told, furthermore, when we have these misrepresentations and falsehoods floating all around about us, what do we do? Ignore it. When we do not ignore it and we get worked up and want to speak sharp words against those who in their envy are spreading falsehoods and misrepresenting our actions, those misrepresentations we have seen, it will come. There's nothing you can, nothing you can do about it. They will come. Your name will be maligned. They would say evil things about you, but what do you do? Ignore it, neglect it, treat it with neglect. Don't be afraid that oh, it's going to affect the work of God. If people believe these things they are saying, reasonable people will not believe it. Those who are truly of God, they will not pay attention to those nonsense. If anybody does, then it's of their own will. Maybe they love to believe such things before. So we shouldn't worry ourselves. It is only the tottering houses and the weak trees that need support support we don't need in this sense of going about to speak and say oh this is a lie trying to find out who said this and who said that and trying to correct the impression yet sometimes we may need to correct some impressions if the opportunity is given 
but we are to leave our reputation with God. God will take care of it. Are you are you passing through this kind of situation that Moses passed through? Slander, misrepresentation? Then don't worry, the Lord will take care of it. Also, we should learn not to be envious. We should learn not to be envious. This thing called envy, it's in our hearts. Myself, everyone. We have this thing where we feel like this belongs to me or you you want something out of jealousy. You feel like, oh, this is what I want for myself and you don't want anybody doing that thing. Specifically in the house of God, in the ministry, people shouldn't be envious of one another. Do you see someone doing the Lord's work? And you feel like I'm not going to support him because I also want to do that work. I want to take the glory to myself also. That is envy showing itself. Do you feel like, oh, you are silent. The person is doing the work. You don't give any commendation. But the moment they make a mistake, that's when you want to spread the error. I said, you see, I said it. They are not of God. Please beware. Tell the members not to follow those people. They are preaching this or preaching that as if the things that are being preached in your own church is even better than or even not as if they are not errors among in your own life too in some things you say. We should be careful. We should rather be like Jesus and Moses and John and Jonathan uh, who would allow others and wish that others are just doing the same work like themselves. Moses wished that they were more prophets. Jonathan wanted David to take the position. John the Baptist, oh, he was happy to see Jesus doing the work better than him. And John, uh, Jesus himself was happy to hear that someone else was doing the work somewhere. John forbade him and Jesus corrected him and said, don't do that again. Like we just read concerning envy, instead of putting forth heroic efforts to do something themselves, rather they will try to bring another person down. We need to be careful. There are people who will see others doing the work of God. All they can do is complain. All they can do is to find fault. But instead of going to do the work themselves, themselves, they will not. And that's how they bring other people down. What is the cure for envy? Reading from This Day with God, page 99, paragraph 3. Perhaps you are seeing in your life these characteristics. The Lord will want to heal us. This is one of the most satanic traits as we have said. In fact, in the book of James chapter 3, we are told where there is strife and envying, there is every evil work. And that this wisdom of envying does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual and devilish. That is James chapter 3, for verse 16 and 17. Uh, but the Lord wants to give us a cure for it. Like I said, reading from This Day with God, page 99, paragraph 3, we are told, Let, let the righteousness of Christ with its life-giving influence into the soul. And then you can sing, He forgiveth all our iniquities. You say, I am full of spiritual disease. The great physician is calling you to come to him, that he may heal you. He healeth all our diseases. The worst of these diseases are envy, jealousy, evil surmising, evil speaking, a desire to follow plans that counterwork the work of God. The lives of all ought to be holy, but they are full of depravity, and because of this, men are easy subjects for Satan's temptations. But if Christ abides in your heart, you can say, 
He redeemed our life from destruction. He crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercy. Then let songs of praise be upon our lips and in our heart. Meditate upon Christ's sufferings for us. In the place of watching to find something to accuse and condemn in others, thank the Lord that there is forgiveness with Him. Christ is grieved when we criticize and accuse, for this is the work of Satan. Let us draw water from the wells of salvation and praise the Lord. Amen. End of quote. Let us learn these lessons and may the Lord bless us as we put into practice all that we have learned. I just hope that the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts and helping us to know what we need to do, where we have erred, correct ourselves, and from henceforth, be like Moses, wish, oh, there are many more prophets, and do not covet position to yourself. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, envy we see it may be in our hearts, Lord, we pray, please help us. And wherever we are, we see these things happen where envy creeps in into our hearts, jealousy because of the competitive spirit we have in us and we feel, oh, we don't want anybody to take this position from us, it's ours and we are not caring to see the work of God move forward, we just want to take glory to ourselves. Oh Lord, please have mercy on us and forgive us our sins for doing these things. Forgive us, Lord, for the things we have said and done against those who are really doing the right work but yet because of our own envy we are maligning and ridiculing and casting doubt on their work forgive us for these things and we pray you cure us of envy cure us of this spirit and help us lord to be more concerned that your work moves forward than to be concerned about who is doing it whether the glory is coming to us or not help us to this end O lord and i pray lord that the words that have been spoken will minister blessings to all who have heard in jesus name i've prayed Amen.